project-based learning. We're talking about PBL, and we're not talking about the professional badminton league. This is PBL in the classroom with people in the trenches, boots on the ground. That's who we're talking about. That's who we're talking with on this podcast. So if you're investigating project-based learning, or maybe you're a seasoned PBL teacher or leader, maybe you need some more PBL resources on your PBL journey, you're in the right place. That's what we do here. We talk PBL. And right out of the gate, I've got a free resource for you. Because if you answered yes to any of those questions, you need some PBL resources, whether you're a leader or a teacher, we've got you covered. Go to whatispbl.com. That's whatispbl.com. And you can choose administrator or teacher. And we customize the resources for you. Because as you go into PBL, you need different resources, don't you? If you're an administrator, you've got a different view of your school. You're looking three, five years out. If you're a teacher, you're looking for tools to help you make grouping less awful tomorrow. And both of those are okay. They're just different resources that you need. So go to whatispbl.com to get the resources you need for your PBL journey. Welcome to the PBL Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stoyer, also the leader of Magnify Learning, where we're bringing project-based learning awesomeness to schools across the country. Our big goal is to bring 51% of schools to be using PBL by 2051. 51 by 51. Because we think that if our graduates, the majority of graduates are graduating from PBL environments, that the world's a better place. And we see that again and again. We've been doing this for about a decade. And in the environments where we see authentic, rigorous PBL, community partners are coming in, your learners are tackling difficult real-world problems and finding solutions and presenting those to people that care about those solutions. We see things change. Like, we see learners change. And we want more of that. We see that when students and teachers and principals are in PBL, you start to figure out where your sweet spot is. You figure out your purpose, even as adults in the building. We think that if you're working in your area of genius, where you're a leader or you're a teacher, that again, the world's a better place because our young people are seeing it modeled how to collaborate well, how to think well, how to critically think about what's happening around them, and then how to make a difference. So we have a majority of our kids leaving, looking at the world with problems, because in 2051, I'm guessing there are going to be problems. Like, I think they'll still be there. But what if the majority of kids coming out of high school were looking for solutions? And not just within themselves, like they do, they would know their passion, they have a vision for their lives, what they want to do, and they'd know how to collaborate. They know how to work together, how agency, how to work on difficult problems deeply. Like as an accountant, you can be a better, deeper thinking accountant, right? Like selling insurance in a way that's different. An engineer that's looking at things differently, a nurse who's looking at things differently, a welder who's building out his or her business in a way that's different because it's purposeful. And to where you want to be. But that's our goal. It's big. But it's meaningful. It's purposeful. We're excited about it. And we've got some momentum. We also don't think it's just going to be us that solves this problem. That's why we're excited that you tuned in today. We want you to be on the journey with us. So if you're looking at project-based learning as a way to move things forward at your school, to build engagement, rigor, deeper learning, to really like build an awesome culture where people respect each other 
and they find their zone of genius, whether it's a kid or adult, then I think you're in the right place. That's the conversations that we have here. And today, you're definitely in the right place. If you want to hear from a teacher who's super passionate about PBL, doing the work in the classroom, like that's what we do. Like we started as a grassroots movement, Magnify Learning, and we still, like that's our heart. Our heart is to be in the trenches, boots on the ground. So we bring in teachers from the classroom. Today we have Joe Steele, high school facilitator, and he's going to tell us about one of his PBL units. That's what we do on a PBL showcase day, second Wednesday of the month. So you should share this episode with somebody who's thinking about PBL. If it's a principal you're going to share it with, they can share it with their teachers. Just to start to build the vision. If you're a teacher, teacher, share this with your colleagues and be like, hey, I don't know exactly how to get here yet, but this is what I want. Like, this is what I want my classroom to be. And then start visiting schools. Start collecting resources. Start reaching out. It's a grassroots movement, but there's a lot of different structures that have been created at this point. So there's some easy entry points. So if you're looking for some of that, if some of that gets you excited, you're in the right place. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Because what we're going to do is we're going to try to help simplify the PBL process for you. And we're going to try to take your vision off the page and move it into your school by bringing you practical boots on the ground guests. And today we've got Joe. Joe's going to be a great interview. Uh, we actually had a hard time ending it because we just kept talking about cool stuff. And so we go a couple different directions, but it's also very clear what the PBL unit is that Joe's going to walk us through. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, PBL Simplified podcast listeners, visionary leaders, we are in a PBL showcase again today. This is where you get to hear directly from a teacher in the field about a PBL unit that they've done, one of their favorites. And today we actually get to talk about a PBL unit that's like in process. We've got Joe Steele with us. Uh, Joe, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. You know, we warmed up a little and talked before. And it was like, I'm talking to Ryan. And then you do your introduction to the podcast. And it's like, oh yeah, it's the podcast. It felt it felt <laughs> weird for a second. Like I'm listening to you, but no, I'm talking to you. Right, for sure. <laughs> and that's exactly what the podcast is, right? It's just a conversation. PBLers talking about PBL. And it's funny, Joe mentions that kind of off-air conversation. It's like, he's like, you know, I've got a unit that we actually started like yesterday. So can I talk about that? It's like, yeah, let's do that, right? So I think that's a first on the podcast, but I love that we get to talk about something in process. And then Joe, if people don't know you, what what's your why for this work? Why are you into this PBL work? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, when I went through the traditional educational process, I felt lost and kind of unnoticed. Um, I, I didn't get in, in my English classes. We wrote to pass the I step. We wrote this essay connected to this book that was going to get you further along this path. Um, and so I graduated and I'm in college and I become inspired by so much about life, but it never seemed to connect to what I had learned. And thankfully, I had really great parents who were inspiring and pushed me to do sports and camps and and find my personal why in life. Um, and so as an English major, and I became an English major because that was about the only thing in high school I excelled at. Like I can do real, I write really well. I read really well. My mom uh, is an avid reader and writer. Um, so I went that direction, but still I was at a loss as to what I was going to do with it and my why. Um, and then I, I realized I needed to be, you know, that shepherd out there that showed kids um, 
they're a part of this process. They are, you know, they're, they have magic within them. They can be anything. So I'm, I feel like I'm an inspirer. I'm a sparker. I try to spark the kids and, and show them their potential through, through English. There you go. I love it. Uh, that's so good. We'll, we'll even replace like facilitator with just inspirer, right? Yes, yes, yes. That, I feel that that's my, that's my whole life goal is when kids come kind of beat up or worried about where they are and their abilities are just life. It's, you know, you're the story, you, you know, you are your story. No one else can be the main character. Yeah. Like, let's see where it goes. Let's, let's, you know, get out of this conflict and into your rising action and climax. So. <laughs> Live in the story, right? That's so good. Yes. yes. Yeah. And just to encourage that, Joe, I just want to, uh, just to kind of, yeah, just give you an encouragement. Like that's what I needed in high school. Like I, I did all the stuff I was supposed to do. So my, that's my story. Like I had a 4.2 it was a three, three sport athlete, but I had no idea what I was doing. I was just doing what people told me to do and yeah, the system yeah. told me to do. And I got in engineering and I was good at it. But I was, I didn't want to do that my whole life. Like I was not inspired. Nobody ever told me I was supposed to be inspired. Right. So it's like, I wish that. So I guess I'd say on both ends of the spectrum, I'm kind of been moving my talk a little bit. Like PBL hits every learner. Right. And I want us to kind of shake up our idea a little bit about what success looks like at school, where if you have a 4.2, that's a data point. Right. But it doesn't mean you're succeeding necessarily. Yeah. You talk about your why all the time. Yeah. If you have a 4.2, but you have no why, then what change are you going to make in this world? What, yeah. What's your, you know, where are you? Are you just another cog? You can't be, you know, yeah. like, and so, yeah, we, we fail a kid if we don't give them this why. Um, yeah. And I taught traditionally for 10 years. I was still <laughs> looking for it even in a normal classroom. And, um, you know, when I was in the traditional classroom, I was trying to make the perfect year. Like if I made copies of it, this worksheet this year, I could have it for next year and not have yep. to really think I could build this perfect curriculum. Yeah. Um, but I fe it felt dead and it felt wrong. And it felt like yeah. I was just trying to get kids to pass the I step or the SAT and, and move up a ladder. Um, well, it's not even really attainable, right? Like even when you're trying to make that perfect year, like this, I don't know, it'd be like passive teaching, right? Like passive income, it's it passive teaching. It just goes, you couldn't do it though. Could you? Cause I no, no, no. And it, I, I'm too much of an in the moment person to like allow a moment to happen that building the perfect curriculum, you know, kind of never would work either, but you're right. It doesn't get you towards your goals or get the kids, you know, any, it doesn't change them. It doesn't change yeah. them at all. That's right. Um, and then, but I put on concerts at school and I would put on plays yeah. and just, and then, I had Andy Larson uh, came to uh, me, another PBL master. And he said, Joe, I think I have the place for you. You're like <laughs> all of this, but like, let me show you the way. And then I just dove into reading about PBL and then went through Magnify's training. Uh, and I am all in with both feet ever since. It's like, this is the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, I love it. Well, let's, let's jump in with both feet into this PBL unit that you're currently in. So give us a little bit of background, uh, grade level, subject area, and then just kind of jump in. Let us know what it is. Yeah. At, at our school, we try to onboard new teachers by um, co-facilitating a course. Yeah. So even though I teach English 11, we have combined it with U.S. history. So we're on block scheduling, which means I would normally meet English every other day. But since it's combined with a whole other full mm, yeah. course, we meet every single day for an hour and a half, two teachers in the room almost 50 kids there as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it makes for a really great course. And 
it tells the kids the why of U.S. history standards when you connect it to English. Um, we're riding through all these. And so you, you see, and, and we do that with freshman year combines with a science class. Sophomore year, we've made a new course. I used to teach um, probability and statistics with English. And now we've uh, made a who lit class. So it's who's your literature. Um, oh, okay. So who's your history with, uh, and so a lot of Vonnegut stuff and just, it's a really great course. Um, but with our juniors, I'm U.S. history now. So instead of me just making uh, PBLs through the lens of reading, writing, responding, interacting, um, I'm now having to look through U.S. history standards and and finding these projects. Um, And luckily, my co-teacher, even though she's it's her first year, she's a graduate of our high school. So her PBL knowledge is so she came through when we were still in the promised land, like where rigorous protocols and everyone was fully on board with PBL. Now losing a few people here and there, there's a few classes. It's a little spotty. Um, I love like the mentorship model of co-teaching, right? That you guys are bringing that in where you can, you know, you can experiment, you can say, Hey, you go try that. And you guys can reflect with each other. Like we talk a lot about like teacher retention is a huge piece in like the principal conversation, right? Like how do we keep people like, what a great tool. Uh, Being a new teacher is enough, (laughs) you know, to deal with. And then you try to add in PBL, you know, this is not an easy way to teach. It's the best way to teach, but it's, it's no, there's, it's not easy as traditional. So yeah, we do try to onboard as best we can. And we have lots of talks about teacher retention and why did we lose that person? Okay, we did not give them a solid mentor. We did not give them this. And so onboarding and co-facilitating um, has been a, a, a great win for, for our program. Yeah. Um, okay. And so uh, I, I, I just wrote my latest blog about our, my, our Veterans Day event. So, so I'm not going to talk about that one in this uh, project, but during that project in the fall, students interviewed veterans from our community and then created a slideshow. And then we honored that we invited them to the school, did a full school wide convocation and honored all of our local vets that are family and friends of our students. And it was a huge success in the paper and just the kids loved it and really, really resonated with it. So we knew going from that in the fall, we wanted our kids to interview someone again. Um, and to make some kind of big piece. And so we came up with a huge idea. Let's make a documentary about local civil rights leaders in our community. Okay. So during the summer, during our planning, that's what we established for this first project of the fourth quarter. Um, We've tried, we've, we've got a perfect record right now. And this is the best year I've had. We've, we have eight projects this year. So each quarter we've done two. We yep. average about four and a half weeks per project, which means we've, we've covered every U.S. history standard, all my English ones, and we've, we've backed them up one to next to each other. Our previous project, we end right before spring break, which was last Friday the 10th. Um, we celebrated on that day, went to spring break, and on Monday, yesterday, we launched. And, and I love it when the train, you know, is, is a perfect celebration reflection right into a launch. Well, and it's so good to, I love that you walked us through that because that's often a question, right? Like, how do you address all the standards in project-based learning? It's like, it, 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 in some parts, it's not a logical question, right? Can you actually get all the standards? But 
And what if your year, instead of all these standards, was eight projects that yes. you had to manage and work through, right? That there's a simplicity that comes with that. So you can really get into the rigor, right? Yeah, we decided to not do chronological with U.S. history. Instead of 1887, 1877 till- Are you allowed to do that, Joe? Can you do yes, we did. chronologically? We, I, it broke my heart because I pictured when I, you know, I'm just an, an English teacher. So I really came in as the naive co-host with U.S. history, like, oh, yeah. that's so exciting. Could we do this? And she's like, well, we could, Joe, but it would it'll work with this. So I pictured, let's just do a whole 1887 till modern day. As we do projects, they fill the wall with information. And by the end of the year, it's this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, and that just didn't work. Um, yeah. We, but so we, we had to do the creativity thematic. that you've got so good. I, yeah. I'm, I'm an idea guy. So I'm always producing yeah. ideas, but um, th then someone has to talk me off the cliff that that may be a little too ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we broke, her U.S. history standards into categories. You know, um, we started with uh, the Supreme Court decisions and looked at all of them from 1877 to now. How does the court make decisions? So we were able to do these thematically. Um, and so um, for this one, we knew we wanted a documentary, but it felt kind of inauthentic. That was just us wanting it. And then right before spring break, we had the amazing Rochelle Ancliffe uh, oh, work yeah. with us. She she hosted a few workshops for making exhibits. We partnered with the Fraser Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, um, during our nefarious deeds unit, where we looked at you know historical moments throughout history where the government or citizens committed nefarious deeds. Yeah, and so she um, taught us uh, exhibit or museum level exhibits. And uh, as we were talking about that workshop, we started telling her about this documentary that we wanted to make. And she stopped us dead in our tracks and said, oh, my gosh, I'm now a member of the BCSC, our school district's diversity panel. And we've been brainstorming and we want to make a database of all the agents of change in our community. So right before spring break and and we just changed our path real quickly. Well, instead of a documentary, we're going to make this database for this group who really wants it and needs it. And out of nowhere, we had an authentic need. Um, but it took us planning all year long for this. Like we had to put these standards in this and, and we kind we knew we weren't hitting all six A's fully without this real community partner, yeah. um, but they would be doing authentic work. They would be interviewing. They would be making a documentary. They would be make, working with filmmakers, editing. Um, but it, there was no need, no, no one asking us for it. Uh, and so when Rochelle brought her team in, it was just serendipity. Yeah. So we, we went straight from there to spring break and met with the panel. We took my partner, Hope Alexander and I. I took a day to meet with this group and they are, they had just kind of come up with the idea. So they didn't have a plan on how to execute it. So when they heard we have a whole class full of kids and they knew about our veterans day event, they immediately said, Oh, you guys did that. Oh, it, you've done interviews, your kids. Oh yes, you can. Yeah. So I think um, our success, like the bar for success is really low. I think anything our kids make as a final product for them, they're going to love. And so even though we launched yesterday, it, it feels really good. Well, it's, it's funny. You said the bar's low. You guys are going to crush it. 
<laughs> Outs- like people outside of your school in the community don't really know the great things that we're doing in schools, right? Like they don't know exactly what this work looks like. So, and I think sometimes teachers new to PBL will pause because they're like, well, what if my students don't perform well enough or they say something that's wrong? It's like, and I'm always like, they're gonna say something that's wrong, right? It's like, <laughs> we all do, right? So what, can you speak to that for just a second? And then we'll have you jump right back in, into the PBL unit. Yeah, it's a it's a double edged sword um, because sometimes I have a group of kids who I'm worried about their quality. You know, they may be just a lower level group than a traditional year or a lower class. And I know the final products are not going to be, you know, real world worthy. Um, And so you might want to hesitate to call in that person to be on your panel. Um, But you cannot do that because your kids see the rigor of having that panelist on there and they may not step up to the plate on that project there, but in reflection, I'll have kids say, if I would have realized that someone from the public was looking at our work, then I would have done this, this, and this. And and so anytime I've chickened out, I've regretted it. And then I've, and then being in PBL, we also kind of forget, um, that this is that a lot of kids do not collaborate every day and they don't present to panelists a lot. So I think my kids are failing and I'm like, Oh, you, it's not coming out right. Ah. And then you talk to the adults and they're like, your kids are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that was amazing to you. Okay. All right. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, But they're all the, you know, and anytime I can have someone from the real world say, yes, I do this for a living. And yes, you could too. Like those are home runs in my high school class. Like just those connections. Yep. Um, that's my love. That's my grading myself for success is yep. m- creating those moments. So important. Yes. So you're in, you're in the middle of this unit. Now, normally I ask like these reflection questions because you've already done it. Ask so them. <laughs> what, do you, what do you anticipate the student impact? Like, where do you think the points are going to be where like students are really going to feel this PBL unit? So just from the launch, they were already feeling it. Um, I, even though the the board was there in the classroom, you know, Rochelle and Angie, the two leaders of this group, were standing in the room. I still, together with them, wrote an entry letter. Um, I need those breadcrumbs locked into place. I need the script, you know, the direction. Because sometimes uh, a community partner can kind of go off a little. Like the kids can say, "We'll say, can we make this? Can we go this direction?" And I'm inside saying, no, you can't, because that's not my standards. I need you to walk through these coals to, to get to the end. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, right. And, but in, if I have it in the entry letter, they read that together. Then my community partners are there to answer further questions. It makes a very clear path to understanding. Um, and so I could see the kids awakening as they're reading. You're, we're going to find uh, agents of change in our community uh, we're going to interview them because this we need a database. And then the diversity panel, you know, they made a really great plea about the why of this project. Mm. Um, when community, when people move to work at Cummins or move to our community, they need to know what resources are here. What And um, one of the ladies on the panel is of Japanese heritage, and she um, spoke to our students about um, in her culture, you have living treasures. So if someone can play an, an antique instrument, that hardly anyone else can play that person is treasured and that person is highlighted. And in their culture, they, they try to highlight that as much as pos- possible and have cultural nights with old dancing, like who can still do it. They, they showcase that. Yeah. And so 
they kind of they want that with this database as well. So if the kids could see, oh, we're going to interview again. Oh, we're going to make something. Oh, we're all going to put our work together. This feels like the Veterans Day, but it's with new standards in this new thing. And so they felt comfortable but excited because they'd been talking about doing this again. And then just the need from the panel, I could see our kids already like, we want to help this group. This group needs us and we can do this. Yeah. So, and what a great way to start a unit, right? Like PBL or traditional, like whatever, you know, we're, as you're listening, because we get listeners that are said, hey, I wonder about PBL. And now, like in our day and age, like when you wonder, sometimes you go to a podcast, right? So here you are, listener. Is like, wouldn't you love for your learners to be starting your unit with like, yeah, I want to do that. Like, how do I do that? And like Joe mentioned, and maybe you can mention a couple of these, like what are some of the big standards they're going to have to get through and work through the coals that they're going to have to walk on, like you said, yeah. in order to achieve this goal? What's that look like for them? Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of PBL. Um, when I was in the traditional class, I would just start teaching civil rights throughout U.S. history on Monday. Now, I am talking to you right now, but my teaching partner is in class doing her full lecture slideshow on the civil rights movements from, you know, 1877 on. That's possible because of the way PBL works. We launched yesterday. We go through our no's, need to know's, and our students tell us, well, what do you need to be able to do that? We even had kids say, well, I don't know what all the different categories of civil rights there are, what movements there were. Oh, so you need a workshop before you can kind of decide who you may interview or who you may approach. And so they told us yesterday in a, a very nonchalant way, they needed to learn this. So yeah. today, while she's teaching, our kids know exactly why they're learning these civil rights movements. They're engaged because it's going to apply to something they're about to make that's for the real world, a real community member. And so they're engaged. They're going to listen. They're going to take notes because their success in that workshop is more than just a grade. It's going yeah. to be for someone else. Uh, I, I always call PBL multiplies the moment. When you're in a PBL classroom, instead of just teaching the standards, instead of just getting them a job or instead of just getting them to pass a standardized test, I am teaching them, you know, collaboration, agency, and just I'm giving them job opportunities. I'm giving them community members. Their, their circle of support grows because of this. Uh, it's, it's just so so amazing I, you know i i drink the kool-aid so i can preach it all. <laughs> that's right well i like to say you know you got them in a spot like for me that's true inquiry right like you didn't have a bell ringer question that was like you know was was tricky or funny or it was like you have kids that are truly curious about how they can solve this problem yes like when you're talking about inquiry you know you can't buy that in a workbook right so i, I always wonder about those inquiry it's like it's not a question it's uh, like a frame of mind right? Yeah. Like how can you get a student to lean in? And I like to say it as like, they were asking you, excuse me, Mr. Steele, would, would you teach me some things? Yes. Yes. Right. It's like, when do students walk into a school and be like, would you teach me things? When PBL they're fired up? a Trojan horse. We are sneaking yeah. our standards and knowledge past their gates. We've tricked them to open the door. That's what we've <laughs> done. We've tricked them to open the door. And I love it. once you get them to open the door, then you've, you've got them and I can now teach. Miss Alexander is able to teach right now because PBL put the students in the position to want to learn. And she is now facilitating. She's, she's helped facilitating their work through this. 
Yeah. Can we put it, just put a, a pin in that for a second. It's like, cause sometimes the knock on project-based learning is that we just let the kids do whatever and they end up wherever. Right. But you just said, because they're engaged, you get to teach, right? Like you, yeah. you have this job, you have knowledge, you have the standards. Now it's your job to teach and you have an audience that's ready to receive. Yes. And they cannot move to their next benchmark in this, which is choosing kind of their group and their person until they prove their knowledge of these civil rights movements. They have a packet to complete. They'll have a quiz. And if they mess up on that quiz, they'll have another workshop that they're invited to so that we scaffold and move them towards. But there's there's gates and, and benchmarks yeah. that they can't pass through until this happens. And that allows us to teach and also hold carrots and cheese and you know, all those different things to keep them moving and engaged. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So as you see this go through, we've heard some of your community partners. When we think about end product and final presentation, like what do you think this is going to look like towards the end of this unit? Yeah, um, that's what we'll do in class tomorrow. I plan to regroup with the kids. And, it, you know, in my early stages of, of PBL, you know, solution criteria was a huge moment when we're, we're about to de define the rubric, you know, what will this final product, be, what does it have to have to be considered a success? And so the kids hopefully will say, well, it's going to need a website that's easy for people to find others. It's going to have to showcase. So we will together kind of build what, what we foresee the final product being. But as a teacher, I know as an English teacher, I need them to write. So it is going to be you know, a biography, at least on a slide for this person, they're going to have to interview and I'm going to need the transcripts of that interview. They're going to have to justify their interview questions. We're going to have to brainstorm those. And then before they even get to the person, they have to prove that the person they plan to interview is connected to one of our civil rights movements. So there's justification in there uh, along the way. So I see the, the final product being a website with all these different people on there, maybe categorized um, for their movements, and then a share out back to the diversity panel on what we've made and if they appreciate it to get feedback. Um, along the way, we'll have Angie and uh, Rochelle back in class. Are we on the right track? You know, feedback mm -hmm. along the way. And then they'll be on the panel at the end, along with some of the community members. Oh, that's cool. And we may uh, still make this documentary. We, we, we mentioned it to the kids, so we may be filming it. And it may be just one of those little YouTube two to three minute quick things. Maybe yeah. it's a commercial for this diversity panel or what we've made. Um, but I'm not giving up on that documentary just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the real world piece of all of both of those. The, the website for a specific group that's asking for something like that. And then the documentary could be a piece as well. And then just to kind of wrap some of this up for our listeners, because uh, we have a lot of teachers that tune into these episodes specifically, principals say, "Hey, teachers, once you listen to this, yeah, uh, like how long does how long do you anticipate this taking? How much time have you set aside for this? Uh, for this one, we've set aside five weeks, um, and then we're we've, we're ending this year with what's called the American Dream. Um, we want to, you know, some of U.S. history can kind of get tedious and negative and make the kids wonder. So we're ending with hope and positivity with the American Dream at the end." And we need about four weeks for that, for what we want to do. And we're going to attach a couple novel circles with that. So, you know, we're, you, you have to plan the whole thing 
at, kind of at once. I, I know what I need at the end. So this project can't grow further than five weeks, um, yeah. maybe a little shorter. So if we don't do the documentary, um, it may be a little longer. Um, and, and so I like to plan out the steps, the whole project, you know, first we're going to have to launch it and then they'll go through need knows, need to knows, and then this workshop. And then I get to like 10 or 12 steps and put that on the calendar and kind of see, can we get there or not? Um, and that shows me week two, we've got to hurry through this. This cannot dilly dally because this is an immovable moment. Yeah. This is where the, the meeting has to be, right. you know, our spring breaks coming like, so this has to go. Um, so by plan, we planned all this out last summer and kind of staged it. Um, and that gives us the skeleton on and goals to hit. And amazingly we've, we've hit everyone. I'm super proud of all seven of the, well, this is seven right now. Um, yeah. all six of the projects we've completed and I'm talking about this one. So I'm also very proud of this one too, even though oh. we're in it. Absolutely. I mean, once you have it set up, you just, you know, it's going to be a hit, right? Like you're excited about it. And you know, we can even talk about like, what are the student outcomes going to be? Cause you know, where your learners are going to go with this. Yeah, they're happening in the room right now. I could feel it yesterday. So I felt yeah. like I could talk about this already. I know the community impact. Um, and like, you know, you asked me and my kind of to prepared questions. What would I change or make better? And I've already kind of, you know, I'm yeah. editing those things too along the way and taking notes. Um, I, I love projects get, that can become perennials, something we could use over um, because many times once I solve a problem, th the website's made, we're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the veterans day one is going to become a perennial. And then this one um, th we did civil rights activists this year, but for agents of change, they wanted, you know, different categories of people. So maybe next year there's a chapter two to this project with the same group. And I love projects that can, that can do that. That's that good, I can man. take notes on and improve next year. Well, I love your terminology too. I don't know if we've used that before, but you've got perennials and annuals, right? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you stick with me for a little while. I just throw out random phrases and like, is that really a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> do people use that? <laughs> yeah. I think people yeah. are drug across the coals. I said, walk across, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also love the, the curriculum map that you guys set up in the summer. And it's like, that's worth that time, right? Because you also get to You've also probably marinated on this PBL unit like all year in some form, right? Because you know it's coming, you can make connections. But well, like even the way this one kind of fell in is you were talking to a community partner who said, Oh, well, I've got that connection for you. Yeah. Right. And yes. But you can't do that if you don't have something planned. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. If we didn't have a lens to look for a community partner, we would not have realized it when they showed up. And like, yeah, you know, we they showed up last week. <laughs> and we yeah. were able to uh, adjust very quickly. Um, but any later than this, and it would have been like a, a weird direction with the project. Sure. Um, but planning in the summer, um, you know, my dad's a, a Vietnam veteran. And when I was told over the summer by my principal, hey, Joe, you ever taught U.S. history? Because you're going to mentor someone and do that next year. Went straight to the standards that day and started, what What could we do? Let's start brainstorming. And I saw, you know, Vietnam War. And we started playing Veterans Day. So I met with Miss Alexander. She immediately said, well, if we're going to be by these, the Cold War by November, then that means before that we need this and this. And we were able to sequence. And so just by laying out what needs to come in what order, you can see your themes and possibilities for projects. Yeah. Um, and I take all the standards and turn them into actionable sentences. 
um, that unpacking the, your standards, that will tell you what projects you can have. Who's doing that action of in the real world of your standards? And then through that, you can grow into your projects. Well, and and we're going to have to end here at some point, Joe. Okay, we're having a really good time, but it, you keep offering these rabbit trails and I keep taking them because it's like, it sounds like, oh, you're doing extra work in the summer, but it frees you up to be in the moment, right? Like during the school year, because these things are already taken care of, or at least you have rails set up, right? Yes. When you're in the heat of the school year, you, you hardly have a moment to think. Um, as a PBL teacher, I think we all kind of live and breathe it and never turn it off. My wife teaches biology down the hall for me. So we drive to school together and it's, it's a PBL conversation 24 hours a day. Um, but if you don't prepare in the summer, you can get eaten alive and you can, it, it'll affect yeah. the quality of your classroom. And I get frustrated when I get behind and I have so much work, but if I did a little legwork before and lay it all out, then nothing can t- pile on top of you totally. Um, so yeah, yeah, a lot of good nuggets and we'll put a link to your veterans day blog. We'll put that in the show notes so people can get a, get a hold of that. That'll be, that'll be out when this episode comes out. Uh, and I've got one last question, which was not in the questions I sent you. Uh Oh, I love it. I love it. Yep. So (laughs) our, our big goal is now we're looking to get 51% of schools doing PBL by 2051. So affectionately known as 51 by 51. So the question is, is what would the world look like if the majority of students were graduating from a project-based learning school environment? Holy cow. Um, Well, first of all, I think that's an amazing goal. And looking at just Indiana's legislation, the vocabulary they're putting in um, is leaning towards PBL. They are just saying it without saying it, that kids need to see the application of our standards. They need some real world application or experiences. Um, so I'm, I think the world's needing it and they feel it and they know it. It's yeah. just, you know, introducing to the way it can work. Um, but man, if we were all graduates of a PBL, you know, program, what, how differently would it look? I think you would see more problem solving. I think on social media, you would see people checking each other more. Um, you know, I think, we know how to talk to strangers now and we collaborate, we communicate. Um, you ask, you know, you need so evidence to support that. And um, I don't know. I, th- I think the whole rhetoric would calm down and we would, we could definitely negotiate so much better. And if everyone knew their why, like yeah, kind of had a passion or had somewhere I couldn't imagine how business would change, you, you know, like just serving people. What, how our community could change, like what businesses would be brought about, you know, I think we'd have more repair businesses or, you know, more, <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know, I think, no, I more fixers instead of complainers. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you go buy a house or your neighbor's house needs a little work, then like you've helped with that, right? You don't see a problem and move on or expect somebody else to fix it. You see a problem and you may immediately start thinking of solutions. My, I look at everything through the PBL lens now, you know, yeah. the water heater goes out and you're like, wait a minute, what do I know? And what do I need <laughs> to know um, in order to solve this problem? You know, what, who can give me feedback? And yeah. it's, it's the, if everyone walked through learning this way, then living that way would be really a neat thing to see if 51% of us were doing it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Joe, thanks for taking the time and 
and the risk that kind of comes with sharing a PBL unit you haven't that you just stepped into. I really yeah. appreciate all. It the could insights. be a total failure, but I have a feeling it, it's it's. I'm not gonna come back on a later episode and explain all the ways <laughs> that <laughs> it fell through. <laughs> no, and and not that they're all perfect, right? But this one is. It's lined up well. Like if you look at the six A's, you're you're in a super good spot. I think so, so too. We'll have to have you come back and you know maybe we can do a reflection. We'll just connect these two episodes so we can kind of close the loop. Yeah, sure. I'm sure I can find something to talk about to fill in the space other than just a reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Joe. Thanks for the time. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I hope to see you sometime this summer out on the road somewhere. For sure we will. Do hey, you have a new book? Are you working on a new book or anything? Oh, great question. Um, generally always. So I've got a kid's book that is in the editing phase. So it's oh kind of for gosh. elementary kids to walk through the PBL process. Um, and it's got some twists and turns in it. So that's fun. Um, looking for an illustrator actually. So if anybody hears Ooh. this, you know, that's the phase I'm in like editing and then illustrator, and then also uh, a leadership book around PBL. Um, you know, you and I, we, as we're passionate about this work in the classroom, we also know that you need passionate leaders that can create spaces for this to really thrive. Um, and in, in the first book, PBL Simplified, you know, I've got two chapters for leaders, but I think we're going to bump that up and, and have a whole book to, to help solidify the leadership end of things. I'm hoping leadership's my next uh, phase of my career. I, I finished my master's in, in school leadership, so I, I'm ready to be an administrator and kind of affect a full school instead of just my classroom. Oh, it'll be spot on, man. I'd love to have you in that spot. Uh, you're in a great spot. You've got great culture there. That's, uh, oh, that's a special I, place. This is a the greatest school I've ever taught at. And it's it you just realize every day how special it is. It's yeah. it's something else. And it's all because of PBL. It's because we're doing it with fidelity, you know, consensus yeah. consensus based decisions and what's best for the kids, setting goals. It's 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 because of magnify learnings processes that we're that we are the special place we are. That's so good. You guys are a great place. Hey, let me let me close this thing out. Okay. Hey, PBL Simplified podcast listeners, you just heard a great PBL showcase. And don't don't be selfish with this one. You need to share this one. Find a teacher who's, you know, maybe teetering on the edge or dipping her toe in and share this. There's a lot of insights here that a new PBLer could really use. And when you start sharing these, you're going to be helping other people in their PBL journey. And you're going to be seen as a generous leader. So share this. Um, it's going to add a lot of value to people. And as we do that, we'll engage our learners, tackle boredom, and transform our classrooms. So go lead inspired. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PBL Simplified Podcast. I appreciate you. I'm honored that you tune in each week. Would you please take two minutes to leave a rating and a review? When you leave a review... It lets the next person know that this is a podcast worth listening to. When they go into their player and search project-based learning and PBL Simplified popped up, when they see those reviews, they know that high-quality visionary leaders are listening. So they tune in too, and they can find their way into the PBL journey. Thank you so much for leaving a review. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you.